we've really got to address this. I want to talk today about how we as human beings grossly underestimate what's possible. We underestimate what's possible for ourselves in terms of living a joyful, smooth life. We underestimate what's possible for ourselves when it comes to romantic partners or business outcomes. And I'm not saying this as a Pollyanna kind of thing, because just because you want something doesn't mean it's going to happen necessarily. But I'm talking more about we grossly disregard our built-in strengths as human beings. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about our built-in capacity for epiphanies, for those aha light bulb moments that allow us to adapt and approach and solve problems and resistance as it comes up in our everyday lives. I'm talking about our inner resilience, our ability as human beings to adapt, to get through even the most difficult, potentially traumatic experiences with our ability to still feel positive emotion intact, with our ability to function either shortly after the event or in time, we are still able to bounce back. And life may not look exactly the way as it did before, but we're still here. We're still able to create and to love and to feel joy. Those are things that can never get taken away because they're part of being human. We are given the capacity to experience a wide range of thoughts and feelings, a wide range of emotions and reactions. And no circumstance can ever take that ability away. You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. So I want to share a couple of things that might make this more concrete for you. A couple of these aha moments, these stronger than we realize moments that myself and the folks that were on the retreat are starting to experience. So first I'll start with myself. I guess it's always nice to lead by example. But one of my sticky areas, maybe you've heard it before, as I've talked about it only a few podcasts back, is around music. And that's been a very loaded, heavy topic for me. I've always felt like I'm not quite doing enough. I guess secretly deep down, I've always felt I'm just not good enough, period. But then I swing back and a voice comes in and tells me, well, you have always felt this inner spark to create music, to sing, to songwrite, to perform, to rap. Ooh, God forbid. So there must be something there. There's something beyond my fear, beyond my rationalizing thoughts. There's an impulse, there's a knowing, there's a drive, there's a pull to create music. And when 
my thinking about all the things I should or shouldn't be doing regarding to music dissipates when I don't take it seriously, when it doesn't occur to me, when I'm basically not so self-conscious or so focused on my own personal thinking about music or trying to stake my identity or my worth in making music, there's a beautiful space there that opens up where I can just really freely be in flow and be in the process of creating music without judgment and enjoying it for its own sake. And so I've had this realization around being too old to continue pursuing music. That is something I bought into growing up in America, (laughs) where if you aren't signed by your early 20s, you pretty much have no chance. At least that's what I have assumed. And this realization came to me where Actually, it's not too late in my 30s. It's too late after I die, but it's not too late in my 30s to make music and share it and perform. So that's really cool (laughs) to have the freedom to just be able to, yeah, you know, look at that ideology as if there's an expiration date on success. But what's success anyway? So I I don't want to get too much into that. But basically, there's a greater freedom that I've experienced. Now, if you yourself have never really wanted a career in music and you can't relate to that example, I bet there's something in your life that you have wanted to do. And yet, there might be a lot of sticky thinking about that. You may think you really want to travel the world, but you don't think that you can do it. You don't think you can afford it. You're too afraid that you'll get lost or get kidnapped or something of the nature. So I've seen that this kind of talking ourselves into or out of doing things is pretty common. And it seems to me that people either don't even start, they don't really take any action on their dreams or pursuing something they'd really like to do because they just don't think they can do it anyway. They're just stuck in their head, convinced that they can't do it. So they don't even look at, well, what would a budget look like to travel the world in that example? They don't read the stories of people that have done it for a low price, or they may not even give themselves space to brainstorm creative ideas of how they can fund it. How can they make money? Can they make money on the road? Can they freelance some of their skills, et cetera? Then there's another kind of situation that occurs. And that is for folks that maybe they start on something. So they start doing the travel plans, but then it seems too difficult. It doesn't seem quite fun. You know, every moment of the day, they don't feel so passionate about budgeting, for instance, in the travel example, or in my case, they don't feel so passionate every day to get up and start singing or songwriting or promoting themselves. So similarly, they kind of give up or they just kind of chalk it up to, you know what, it's too hard and it's, it's never going to happen for me anyway, so what's the point? Then there's the third common situation that people get tangled in, and that's kind of where I'm at, where we put a timeline on our dream or dreams. We put a deadline on finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright. We say that we have to do our world travel before we get married or else it's never going to happen. 
in my case, I had to have had success, quote unquote, with my music career before I turned 25. And now it's too late. So I might as well give up because it's too late. The deadline has expired. Now, the thing about all of these situations is that they're basically bullshit. Because what I've really seen is that we really do think ourselves in and out of action all day long. So depending on what is real to you, if it's real for you that there is no point, if it's real to you that you have no chance for anyone to enjoy your music because you're a white woman that's going to be putting out rap sounding music, then you won't even be active in life. You won't even see where your potential brings you. Because fundamentally, it isn't about the end result. It's about being in life and the freedom of mind, the psychological freedom to do what you love to do. Because that's where life is happening. Life isn't happening in some imagined future or some imagined past. It's happening right now. And so where in your life can you make it really simple when it comes to creating or experiencing what you feel is impossible to you? I'll give another example where one of the people that I was speaking with a couple weeks ago on the retreat didn't really have a lot of experience having these kind of conversations. You know, that person never really read any self-help books, not really anyway, you know, not, not really used to having any psychological or spiritual conversations. And what has been so cool is to see that person's own wisdom coming through, their own resilience coming through, where they texted me that they were sitting on a bridge stuck in the pouring rain. And bridges for this person have been almost a phobia. I mean, a real scary thing for this person where even panic attacks could be involved and things like that. And the simple reminder that that person gave themselves is that their anxiety is coming from their thoughts and not from the reality. Because the reality is the bridge is fine right now. It hasn't collapsed. The person hasn't fallen off the bridge. They're just sitting in the car stuck on traffic. So it may not seem like a big deal, but it's a huge deal when you are attributing your feelings to where they're actually coming from, that they're coming from the inside out, that life works in a way that we are processing energy and from that energy we're having an experience, that life is coming from the inside out without any effort on our part. So it's not up to us to control our feelings, our thoughts, but just knowing that the process of being human involves thought and feeling and that they're interwoven, that the flavor of thinking you have in a moment, conscious or unconscious, will be a direct correlation to the flavor of feeling that you have, right? So if you have an anxious thought that oh my God, I'm not safe on this bridge, then a rational feeling is that you're going to feel anxious and you might have a panic attack because it's a one-to-one ratio. 
Because again, we can't defy that one-to-one ratio. It's a natural law of being human. And so what else can I share? I just find this is so amazing, the potential for each of us to see things anew. We can start to dance more in sync with how the rhythm of life really flows, how it really happens. And this can do wonders. And it has so many different implications. Another example from someone that was on the retreat is that they were giving an important presentation and they had the aha moment, the realization that, hmm, maybe I can show up in a different way in this presentation and I can be more interactive and I can let go of the desire to look or feel smart and important because just trying to put together a really smart presentation and look good doesn't necessarily mean that the participants are going to get anything out of what I'm trying to share with them. So let me throw out the book on what I know and let me be more present to the actual needs of my audience. Again, that may sound very simple, even a little common sense, but how many times do people not do this when they're giving a presentation? So the impacts are infinite. And if you haven't heard enough yet, we'll give one more example of where we undermine our abilities, where we underestimate ourselves. One of the participants had a habit of really wanting to control things and a habit of really worrying and trying to pre-plan everything in that person's future. And this person realized how much time and energy they actually wasted in this frenzied state of trying to control and plan that they realized that by just doing what needed to be done in their life when it came to their work obligations or their school obligations or their family obligations, that they just got it done in a much quicker time period and with perhaps even less effort. So they got the same or better results in, let's say, half the time. But that was a new experience for that person. And so only you, through your lived experience, can start to see where it doesn't make sense to go into past patterns, that's going to be a very natural process. You don't have to force yourself to be different than you are in any moment. You're going to naturally realize your own greatness, your own potential for change, both personally and in your life circumstances. And that is cool. (laughs) I just felt really inspired to share with you in a real way, giving these real examples of people experiencing a quality of life that they didn't think was possible before. And now by understanding how thought and feeling work, that life is only happening from the inside out. So it's happening energy to experience formless to form, thought to feeling, all different ways to try to convey the same thing. When folks see that that's how it's working for everybody, it has a natural way of clearing up the clutter in your life more and more and more. And so then our natural resilience and our intelligence can be seen more clearly. 
because we start seeing real results in ourselves and in our circumstance in the world around us. So, so far we've given examples when it comes to creative endeavors like music, when it comes to mental health occurrences like anxiety and panic attacks, how this relates to greater efficiency, how this could have implications in that area too. And that's awesome. And there's also the ability for entire communities to shift. Things that we think are hopeless from a collective standpoint, it actually turns out that we're shortchanging ourselves when it comes to that as well. We just say, oh, well, that's just the way the world is. It's a violent, scary place, and we're treating the planet like crap. There's nothing we can do about it. Yes and no, because each person has the ability for fresh thinking. So I want to give just one quick example before we get going. I haven't talked about it too much, but you might have heard me mention in my earlier podcasts, the Modelo Housing Project and Homestead Gardens. And this was a project that occurred in the late 80s with a man named Dr. Roger Mills. And this was an area of Florida that was really ridden with substance abuse and drug abuse and gangs and violence. And a lot of children were not going to school. And then after three years of sitting with these amazing human beings, the real heroes of the story really are the residents. And that's the point of the episode is that these human beings uplifted themselves and their community. The amount of, for instance, household selling or using drugs dropped from 65% to less than 20%. The overall crime rate decreased by 70 to 80%. Teen pregnancy dropped from above 50% to 10%. School dropout rates dropped from 60% to 10%. Child abuse and neglect decreased by 70%. Fact check. Child neglect and abuse actually decreased by over 70% in three years. And the amount of households on public assistance went from 65% to negligible, in addition to the unemployment rate dropping from 85% to 35%. This is not a fairy tale. This really did happen. And I'll post information in the show notes below. Now, that's a whole lot of statistics being thrown at you. And maybe one or two popped out more than others. But these are things that we don't tend to talk about as possible for human beings, possible for communities. And so that makes my final kind of period point in today's podcast, my hypothesis that we as human beings severely underestimate the potential for ourselves, for our communities, for our lives, and for our world. And it doesn't have to do with thinking more positively when there's horrible things going on or ignoring horrible things that are going on. I'm talking about this potential for genuine change and transformation is a right of every human being. It's a capacity of every human being in every community, no matter how awful or bleak it looks on the outside or it looks at the moment. It It can never take away innate human resilience, the capacity 
for positive emotion and the capacity for connection with other people. They've also had these conversations in prison, but I think that maybe I'll save that for another podcast. Until next time, I'm Amy Leo. I'm your host of What We Should Have Learned in School. When I first started this show, I used to have a little tagline about being interested not in what's probable for human beings, but what's possible. So I invite you to look at that today yourself. Again, that innate resilience, that innate ability of every human being to have an aha moment, to have a fresh thought. It doesn't even have to be earth shattering. It could be a really simple, fresh perspective on something in your life, and it can make an enormous impact on yourself and maybe even those around you. Okay. I'm done for today. I got really excited about today's topic. And if you haven't clicked that subscribe button, I do encourage you to do so. One simple click really could make all the difference or not. (laughs) Let's see. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care.